Don't play with things that go boom. Lessons from my days in Olive Drab by Clint Morey, specialist fourth class, retired. Well, not actually retired. It's more like I didn't re-up. Episode 15, The General and the Plotting Pins. Now, as I mentioned in a previous episode, one of the distinctive elements of the fire control center was all of the antennas on top of our bunker. We had to be in radio contact with a number of groups, the infantry units in the field, other artillery units who could support us if we came under attack, headquarters, helicopters flying to our fire base, and many, many more. And we knew that all of those antennas made us a prime target if the fire base came under attack. But we had confidence that the infantry pulling security on the fire base would keep us safe. But on one fire base, and I'm not sure which one, I think it might have been LZ Crest, our fire direction control center was right next to a steep drop-off. And when we stepped out of our FDC, there were just a couple of feet between us and the barbed wire that protected us not only from the enemy, but from the steep drop-off. Well, that meant if the enemy were to somehow climb up that steep cliff, work their way through the barbed wire, they would literally be walking on top of us. And that's how close we were to the edge on that firebase. I wondered where the army would station the soldiers to protect us, but I shouldn't have worried. The army had that problem figured out. We were told the infantry would not protect that section of the firebase. Now, that did not sound good to me, but no one asked me for my input. Instead, we were told we would be responsible for the defense of that section of the firebase. So we rotated one person at a time to sit on top of our FDC bunker and look over the edge of the hill to see if enemy troops were trying to break into our so-called safe world. It wasn't much of a problem during the day, but at night, pulling guard duty was not that fun. Now, I don't know how the others were, but I heard every noise coming from the jungle, and I was sure it was probably an enemy crawling through the wire toward us. Now, it probably had something to do with all the World War II movies that I watched growing up, where it seemed that the enemy always attacked when we weren't expecting it. So I had no trouble staying awake and alert when I pulled guard duty at night. I do remember one night after I finished my time on guard duty, I went down into our bunker and woke up the man who was to replace me. He got up, put on his stuff, and went out to take his position while I crashed on my cot, and it did not take me long to fall asleep. However, I didn't stay asleep for long. For some reason, I woke up and opened my eyes. I looked at the cot next to me, and a body was in it. The problem was, this was the cot of my replacement on guard duty. I checked my watch. He was still supposed to be on guard duty. He should be sitting on top of our bunker, staring at the barbed wire protecting us from the enemy. He should not be sleeping on his cot. So I got up, went over to him, and shook him awake. What are you doing? I asked. You're supposed to be on guard duty. He mumbled something about no one would be able to climb up the cliff, so he shouldn't have to sit out in the dark and the cold. He closed his eyes and went back to sleep. Now, all those movies I had watched growing up kicked into gear, and whenever someone on guard duty fell asleep, 
it was almost guaranteed that something bad would happen. Well, I suppose I could have yelled at him to do his job, but that wasn't me. Instead, I put on my shirt and my helmet, grabbed my rifle, and went to the top of our FTC bunker. I was going to pull his guard duty because I had this overriding goal to, you know, live. It didn't bother me being out there because, like I said earlier, I knew I was motivated to pay close attention to any movements or sounds on the perimeter. Now, I don't know how long I was out there, but eventually the guy came out with his gear on, carrying his rifle, apologized for not staying on guard duty, and took his place. And I went back down to my cot and fell asleep. Now, we had a number of night routines, and one of the things that pulling guard duty on our firebase did for me was to give me a real appreciation for the troops who were out in the field. The infantry units were out in the jungle. They had to sleep on the ground, not cots, not in bunkers, and they didn't have any barbed wire surrounding their position when they went to sleep, and they didn't have any special units whose job was to provide them protection. They had to take care of themselves. And I imagine that sleeping in the jungle was a difficult situation to be in on a nightly basis. I wondered how I would do, and I was glad I didn't have to find out. But we did provide some assistance to the infantry units when they went to sleep. Every night after they determined where they would be sleeping, the forward observer would call us and give us the coordinates for targets in case they came under attack during the night. We would calculate the shooting solutions, have the guns on the firebase set to hit those targets, and that way if the infantry units came under attack during the night, there wouldn't be any delay in getting artillery shells on the ground to protect them. There was only one problem. We didn't have enough plotting pins to stick in the map that marked our targets. Now, we'd been requesting plotting pins for weeks, but apparently we were very low on the important units to resupply. So we were working without enough plotting pins. And I remember, and it's, this is relating to plotting pins, so hang on with me here. I remember the day that we received a call from a chopper coming towards our firebase. Someone special was arriving for a visit. And that someone was the commanding general of the AmeriCal division. Now, I believe it was General Baldwin, but I'm not sure. I have to admit, however... It was terribly fun for me to watch the officers go into absolute panic mode as they only had a few minutes to prepare for the general's surprise inspection. They were trying to get everyone on the firebase to clean up and be in proper uniform. They barked orders. They scurried around trying to find anything that was broken or out of place. They told us how we needed to act and you could just see the fear in their eyes. The helicopter landed. The general and his team got out, and our officers gave them a tour of the firebase. Now, in fire direction control, we just continued our work and made some humorous comments about the officers and lifers who lived in this state of terror when they were around commanding generals. And then the officers came into our fire direction control center, followed by the general. We snapped to attention. Now, we may not have been fearful, but we weren't stupid. He was a general, the commanding general of the AmeriCal Division. But the general put us at ease right away, talking to us, encouraging us, and asking how things were going. It was actually a very pleasant experience. And before he left, the general asked if there was anything he could do for us. Now, for the first 
and only time in my life I spoke to an Army general, the commanding general of the Americal Division. I told him that we were short of plotting pens and we really did need them to do our job. He said he would take care of it and left. And the officers followed him to his helicopter and the surprise inspection was over. I thought everything went well until our commanding officer, a very lowly captain, returned to the FDC and ripped into me. Apparently, I had violated some rule that lifers followed when talking to generals. By saying we needed plotting pins, the captain felt he would be singled out as not doing his job, and he was very unhappy with me, and he let me, along with everyone else in the FDC unit, know that I had done something awful. Now, I should note that the next day, we received a supply of plotting pins from the general so we could do our work correctly. I have a few lessons from this particular incident of my time in Vietnam. First, if you have a job to guard something, do your job. Don't go to sleep. Don't have a lack of attention. Focus on your job and do it well. Lesson number two, just like the infantry units picked out and gave us protective shooting targets at night, it's wise to prepare for bad things that may happen in the future. So as you look ahead and you see, oh, oh that may happen or that may happen, try to prepare for it. Be ready for it. Don't let it surprise you. And then number three, you might think that I learned not to tell generals what you needed because it might make someone look bad, but that's not what I learned. I learned that telling a person in authority what you needed was a good thing. And even if the bureaucrats around you got mad at you, the fact is we were now better able to protect those infantry units in the field, especially at night. I hope you enjoyed this story, and I hope you'll come back next time to hear the next episode of Don't Play With Things That Go Boring.